Hey, everybody. This is Jack from the Soul Patch Podcast. I have a quick message for you before we start the show. If you're living and working in South Korea, or you just have a Korea-related experience that you would like to share, please come on the show and be our guest. We'd love to have you. You can contact us at podcast at thesoulpatch.com. That's podcast at thesoulpatch.com. Send us an email. We'll have you on the show. It'll be a blast. Now it's time for the show. Welcome to the Soul Patch Podcast, the podcast where three American expats explore different topics related to living and working in South Korea. With the combined 45 years of living experience in Asia, there are plenty of stories to tell. So pop in your headphones and make yourself comfortable. It's time for the Soul Patch Podcast. One of the one of my coworkers last week was saying he's like, "Yo, uh, some of your students, if they're late today, there's a protest going on. Did you guys hear about that?" I, I had a student that was late because of that. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Kind of sent me a text message in a panic because I didn't really understand the the context until I read that article that you sent out. Mm. But uh, yeah, the the student, my student was uh, a couple of them were came in quite late and they were pretty kind of flustered and. Uh, yeah, this is actually, I, I didn't know that they were doing it again, because I remember hearing about this on the news maybe about a month ago, actually, it was the first time that this happened. And so I thought it was just like a one and out, one and done type of protest thing. And then uh, apparently they're, they're continuing to, to do it. So the protest, basically, there, there's um, disability rights groups who are, are protesting because how the mass transit in Korea is not so disability friendly, really. And so they were kind of like, uh, like stalling, delaying the subways, basically, actually to, to make their, their what type their of tactics own. did they use? Um, so according to the article, basically the main thing that they were doing, actually, it's kind of clever the way they were doing it because they weren't like just, you know, setting up signs and like blocking doors and stuff like that. They would just have two or three or four or more. I don't know exactly the number, but they would just have a number of wheelchair um, wheelchair users uh, try and get on the same subway at the same time, basically. And that's it. And because getting on, the, according to the article, getting on the subway in Korea is, as a, with a wheelchair, is a pain in the ass because there's that gap, right? That, that they have to get over. And, you know, like sometimes it's, it's a little bit closer, but sometimes it's, you know, it's a good couple few inches over and, and trying to like pop your wheelchair up over that gap is not going to be necessarily very easy to do. And so by having a number of people get on, attempt to get on the subway at the same time, right? During rush hour period, of course. So that's, that's why they were delaying it. Um, in order to get a wheelchair user on the subway, apparently they only, they have to like call down the, the subway workers, the, the station workers who will come and bring like a small little ramp type thing or like a little mini bridge, set it down. And then the wheelchair user can hop over and get onto uh, into the car. So by having multiple people do this, they've only got one of these ramps. And basically the, the subway worker would have to go to, you know, like door one and help wheelchair user one uh, over the ramp and into the, the car. And then they'd have to run over to door three you know, subway car three and help that person. And then they'd go run over to car five and then car seven. And so they're helping, you know, three, four, five people get onto the subway. Meanwhile, this takes quite a bit of time because, I mean, there's a bunch of other people trying to get on. They've got to move the ramp from person to person to person. Wheelchair users are a bit slower as well. So it's, yeah, they were just, just boarding the subway en masse, basically. Yeah, it was kind of like a like a, the equivalent of like a sit-in protest or something like that, where you just something you're like just that. gumming up the works on purpose to to bring Ooh, attention basically. to the to your to your uh, your situation. Um, did you guys were you? I was kind of shocked at like the not the impetus, but the story of the the couple that fell like twenty three feet. I mean, that's like oh, two like basketball. Like the rim from to the floor. That's like when when twice. was that? That was a while back already, wasn't it? In the yeah. in the article. 
they're going up a, an elevator. They have one of those like um, this was back in like 2004, I think, maybe. Oh, um, was it that far? That was that long. This ago? one was back a while back, I think. Um, I'll have to try and find it in the article here. But yeah, that that specific story was a while was a while back. Um, but yeah, I mean, cause I, I guess what was interesting as well about this article is that like even now, actually, most subway stations in Korea have elevators, mm-hmm. which is a good which is a good first step, of course. And but according to the article, like that wasn't even common until their very early 2000s, like early 2001, two, three, something like that. There were some protests. At that I point. feel like when I when I moved to Korea, I lived in Busan mm. and. You know, I never like, you know, checked it like absolutely, you know, looking um, is, is this station accessible? Is it not accessible? But as you guys know, like. I was in AmeriCorps and I was, was a lived in, live in nurse in a, in a community, intentional community. And um, so when you're going out in public every day with people with wheelchairs and people that, you know, you're always uh, like looking for accessibility. So between that period and when I came to Korea was grad school. So it was pretty, you know, short, just a few years. And then I was here. So I was aware of it and Busan is a very nice city. Infrastructure is very nice. Um, it's a very clean city, I think, compared to Chicago. Um, yeah, sure. But one of the things I did notice when I was there, I was really surprised at um, at the lack of accessibility in uh, public transit. Um, and I feel like it's better now. But again, this is just like, you know, my oh, impression. Sure. But yeah, I remember like, at the time. Like this, like you go into subways and there's like, there's, it's like I'm in the subway. I'm like, wait a minute. There's no way to get down here, except like they'll mm-hmm. have like the stairs, or they'll have like that little, um, you know, little uh, kind of device thing you can put like a. It it hangs on the side of the stairs. It unfolds. That's, yeah, that's the thing that fell. I think that that broke. Right. Apart, I think that's right? what started the protests back in the the, yeah. the first one. The first one. Yeah. Like I mean, that's not applicable to like everybody's hardware and every every person. No. Um, yeah. yeah. And even just like seats and everything. Um, yeah, I feel like there, there were stations I went to that I, I couldn't find the elevator, which doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be. I mean, there must be one for service at least. No, well, the thing is, actually, like like the article said, is when you first got here, it's very possible there weren't elevators in stations. Um, like at the time, there was only like thirty percent of stations had had elevators in them. Uh, now it's something like ninety percent or, or something like that. So it's 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 quite high. Only recently, but, I've even noticed like buses have. That you know, there's like a like a, a big carved out area on some buses mm. for wheelchairs. On some, but the, the yeah. buses also the problem with a lot of those buses is they do even though they might have a big area for it, they mm-hmm. don't have the like hydraulics that like drop it down or the little like ramp that comes out. That yeah, like, for, that's that, you're yeah. right. So how did they get on there then? I don't know. Um, well, and, and that's exactly the whole point of this yeah. entire protest is that basically like you know, handicapped people getting around korea um is not very friendly it's getting better but it's still not friendly yet um i remember actually ryan like although i wasn't trained to to keep my eyes out for it i just remember my the very first apartment i lived in i mean hell the apartment that i live in now i'm on the third floor there's no elevator in this building the first building i lived in i was on the fifth floor there was no elevator in that building either and i just remember being like i mean it was fine for me but i remember remember thinking like this is strange what if i broke my leg or something what if i had to like this is this is kind of shitty shouldn't there be an elevator in this building yeah i mean with apartments like in chicago i lived in a fifth floor walk-up um when i moved to korea or when i moved to seoul i was in a fifth floor walk-up but with things like like uh transportation you or just just for basic function to get in and out of like a grocery store and stuff like this um yeah, it just seemed like when I arrived, it just didn't have the same. There were situations where it just wasn't possible. Also, something that I noticed when I came here, there, for like the community that I was working in, one of the big missions was uh, like to get to get people with disabilities involved in community. You know, not hiding them away. Mm-hmm. So you know, like sure. we kind of had like step one um, several decades ago, where if someone has disability, it's like, well, they can still work, right? You know, give them back their dignity. They can still work. doesn't matter a cognitive disability or a physical disability. So what type of jobs do we give them? 
we put them in warehouses where we can't see them, right? And they're mm-hmm. like stuffing boxes. Okay, well, at least they're working. Okay, so that's a step in the right direction. But I mean, come on, like, why are we hiding people? And then you mm-hmm. start having businesses that, um, you know, for any reason, uh, they're brave PR, I don't know. They start um, trying to uh, involve people with disabilities in society actively. So you start seeing this certain low skilled jobs or things that are, you know, possible to do. Um, these people are now working on cash registers there, you know, um, McDonald's hires uh, people with disabilities and they, they can be, you know, the first face you see when you walk in. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, so as an American uh, up to like, you know, 2007 coming here, I was just totally surprised when I got to Kusana. It was like, there's nobody with disability yeah. you don't see anybody in a wheelchair right. you don't see anybody yeah. even on crutches i mean it's nuts it's like when people are hurt where do they go you know or when someone has a disability they just like they're they're out of sight um i hadn't traveled much in the world before i came to korea either so i don't know like by comparison you know maybe like hmm. chicago is really progressive in that way i don't know but um i wasn't in chicago where i was uh, doing that I was washington but uh yeah, I feel like these days I'm starting to see more with with people come, like being out. But you still don't see people with, with uh, disabilities. Um, well, not in the same way, like, you know, working at McDonald's or in any any type of employment situation where it's like interfacing with society. I mean, I can't think of the last time I saw any of the disability um, working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is um, one newscaster in a wheelchair actually that I, I i've seen um but but yeah like you know this is like the one random story that, that i know of yeah. but like yeah. in my real in my my daily Kev, life, Kev, you know what i'm no. saying like you know oh, back absolutely. home if you, yeah if you were like going into a you know a peony jump here a 7-eleven there's a good chance that the you know these are jobs where someone doesn't have to walk a lot and mm. um yeah it just seems like it's really turned down i wonder yeah, it, yeah, it seems like in the last twenty years that they're they have they're on their own timeline for these kinds of fights, right? It's like when I first came here in two thousand two. I mean, even back then, you you rarely saw women smoking in public, like that was considered <laughs> something that was just not done or whatever. So, but if you went into like a like, sorry, let me rephrase that. I was gonna say if if somebody were to go into a woman's bathroom. Uh, so as my friends told me, they went in the woman's bathroom. Yeah. It was filled with like, it was like Bob's, uh, you know, uh, billiards hall in there, you know, it's just like plumes of smoke coming out because that's where, that's where women went to smoke. That's really changed now. You know what I mean? Like they're over the last 20 years, two decades, it's, uh, and that's a, it's kind of a negative example because smoking, now is probably next smoking year. examples are going down and just yeah. don't smoke. Ladies. Great news guys. <laughs> yeah. You can, <laughs> everybody's smoke. smoking. No, but it's just like, it's just one of those things that I, that I've noticed is like, oh yeah. Okay. Now there was like, it is like empowering in some fashion, you know what I mean? And it seems like they're, they're now they're they're having this this fight that maybe we had in the 80s or 90s in the U.S. 70s. Like I'm not sure. Do you have any when. idea when did the when did the American or the the disability Americans with Disability Act or whatever when did when did that go through? Does anyone know? That's a good question. Like, I don't actually Google that, that really quick. Yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot of the awareness though is I, I even growing up as an 80s kid is like it, that was on the new that was on the the radar at the time, you know, that we need to fix okay, but, a lot of these problems and they created a lot of laws and things like that. The Disability Act in, in the States was put through in, introduced in the Senate in 88 and signed into law in 1990. Oh, okay. So, so that makes sense. I mean, that wasn't all that long ago either. I mean, it was 30 years already at this point. Feels mm-hmm. like, you know, like like 10 years ago. But um, yeah, so it, so it makes sense that Korea is a little bit behind, but they're catching up, of course. One thing, I mean, so disability here definitely isn't a thing. What did you guys think about the pro? Have you seen any of the comments or seen anybody talking about these protests at all? Like the reaction to them? It's been midterm, so I haven't really been talking to my students at all. Fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, because like on the news, like a lot of people are. It's interesting about the protests. I mean, this is like protests in general are are interesting to look at how people respond to them. But these 
a lot of people are complaining about the protests. They're like, yeah, I mean, it's important, you know, people with disabilities, of course, they need to need be taken care of. But they were also stopping thousands and thousands and thousands of people from getting to work on time. They're oh, like, yeah, this isn't doing sitting in front of, of the, yeah. it pissed off a lot of people. It's like, you're yeah. not just going and sitting in front of the blue house and protesting, you know, and getting on the news. They're affecting the lives of, of so many people just trying to get to work on time. And that's where, and I, I'm not saying that I disagree or disagree with this. I mean, I, it is kind of shitty that, that all those people got put out, but that's kind of the point of the protest as well. It's like for us trying to get to work at a normal point in time is very difficult. And so they're raising, it's like now, now for you, for everyone else, it is as well difficult today to get to work. I, th- on I thought the counter argument to that protest was exactly what Ryan was saying is before is like, uh, Hey, you guys can protest, but just go somewhere out of sight where we can't see you, where you don't bother <laughs> anybody. And you can protest quietly in a, you know, some corner of a park somewhere. Yeah, designated where, protest area. Exactly. Um, yeah. Where keep you it underneath 70 DB. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the no whole bright point colors, is, please. Yeah. No bright colors. <laughs> no noise. You know? Yeah. Keep it down. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, like, the, like, I don't understand. It, it seems so either they're they're just kind of like that that argument. They're they're either being dishonest by, you know, not, you know, by pretending to not understand what they were doing They say, oh, you know, or being ridiculous by suggesting they go somewhere quiet, you know, so. That was my, I think as far as like protests goes, like, I think that's, it's pretty clever tactic. Um, If it's big enough and it's noticeable enough, which it was, I mean, it's in the news, it disrupted the trains, which is going to be in the news because trains here, you know, they run to the minute, right. To the practically to the, you know, five seconds. So I think I don't like that argument, like, Oh, well, think about all the people that were late for work. No one like got in trouble for being late for work because it wasn't their fault. It was clearly understood this wasn't their thing. I mean, what happened was the business owners or whatever, whatever your employer is going to be pretty irritated. Or, I mean, you are too, if you're like, you know, maybe you're working on a project and it's extremely mm-hmm. disruptive, but, you know, it's not like they're splashing water balloons on people and stuff. You know, it's right. a little bit different. They're this, not driving their... This isn't, electric uh, wheelchairs in front of ambulances you know on, on right the street right. And, yeah. and be like okay That's we're a- gonna <laughs> slow down your your trip to the the hospital you know um okay yeah. yeah so i think as far as protest goes i think the tactic was was rather clever yeah. um i don't know i can't see like how you could be opposed yeah, and I mean, it does raise awareness. I think that's the whole point of this protest is to to raise awareness for for it, right? Which it did. So yeah, I mean, we're doing successful. a podcast about it, so like they won. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great job, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What uh, What do you guys think the the end game? Do you think it's gonna you know? Do you think the the re- it will yield a a positive result? Um, I don't know. I, I could I could see it. Uh, I don't know what their specific you know, demand in the situation was if there was like highly specific demands, but if, you know, just like we were, we were saying at the beginning of the conversation, the changes have happened. I see, I take the bus kind of frequently these days. Um, uh, the beginning of this semester, I started taking the bus to campus. Um, so I'm right next to Seoul station. I'm taking, you know, it's all those, it's all the, like, there's like five different buses I can take. And I think all of them, you know, you got like Yap TV, you know what I'm talking about? Mm, yeah. People that are in Korea know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. There's yeah, TV like buses. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the TV the station. It's the, the only only station you can watch on the bus. It's like those old TVs. And, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's YAP, right? Yap. I don't know. How to I think so. I never, I mean, there's never any audio. Um, I think it's Yap. Yeah. It's like a Yap. Yap. That'd band. make more sense. Yap. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, but it doesn't matter. And uh, yeah, so it's like basically a rolling commercial, but it's got uh, often what I really like about that, not to digress, but one fun thing about Yap TV is that, okay, while it is like a ton of advertisements, they consistently have people demonstrating recipes. Like there's a lot of food, like, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, I have there's all these yeah. instructions on how to make like dakpoki and like, they're all, <laughs> and uh, I like food. So it's kind of fun. And some of them are really novel. There's this one that was on there forever making these little pillowy mashed potato, glutinous, chewy ball things, things I would never think to make. 
um, things you just can't really buy yeah. in the grocery store easily. It's like, what the hell is that? So it is Yap TV. That's your plug. You get one. Yap TV. That's the only one. Yeah. It's kind of funny that but, Yap TV is the, is has no sound. It's called Yap. Yeah, I think if, you, I think no if you're sound. close to the screen, maybe there's a little sound coming. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, I never, that's I never hear it. It's like yapping, yapping. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that made more sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So the the reason I was referencing it is it's kind of like just rolling advertisements. They'll have like somebody showing you how to make you know duck bokey, and then like after that, it's like a bunch of kids break dancing, and then you know it's like some you know uh, shampoo commercial type of thing, yeah. and uh, some PSA type of things as well. Yeah, and the. This semester, I've noticed um, as like a PSA thing, they'll show kneeling buses. I don't, I don't know if it's like referencing the bus that I'm on or whatever. I just caught out the corner of my eye. But they'll show the kneeling bus. So in a person getting on with a wheelchair, it's, it's, it looks like it's, it's an advertising kind of bragging about the system, mm-hmm. you know, like, hey, look what we're doing. Um, so I mean, that, that's relatively new. I don't remember seeing those ads, those videos. Um, yeah, but you, let me ask you as a question, like just just if we pull out to like like ten thousand feet a little bit, you know, from the from the issue, and just uh, you know, think about how the buses drive, like how just how ferociously they, you know, they fly down the road, and, and how and how like how how strict how strict they are about like meeting the, you know, like bus drivers. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure on them to meet certain. Um, thresholds like you need to make this many loops around and and you need to you know hit this many stops in this amount of time if you have to pick up uh, three disabled people in one loop you have to stop your bus lower the Mm. the thing let the people on that it doesn't seem to it it just doesn't see i don't see how this is going to work in given the the current way the bus system operates yeah, and the, and actually the way it's going, talking about how the bus drivers drive, respect to bus drivers. It's got to be a hard job. Yeah. But have you guys ridden the new e-buses, the electric buses? No, but I've... Mm, yeah, I've seen those big ones. Okay. Yeah, on the same, right. I'm on the same route shit. as you. Holy shit, like the, the acceleration on these things. It's it's <laughs> like, okay, uh, I'm it still a kid tailgating to a whole new certain level, ways. Right? Yeah. Yeah, like I'm, I'm still a kid in, in a lot of ways. And one thing that I still do since I was a kid... Often when I get up to like get off the bus, I'll do a little bus, bus surfing. surfing, you know, like I try like not to touch. Yeah, right? I try not to touch anything. It's just like practicing my balancing, you know, it's all the years. Especially when you get off the bus right coming out of the tunnel, because there's a nice little curve. You yeah, know, you got to yeah, you got to lean. Yeah, you do like kind of the matrix thing. That, you lean. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a good lean. I, I love right it. There. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I still do this. Um, and with COVID, I don't want to touch anything. So like it just it kind of like, oh, yeah. yeah, it kind of went up the next level. So like. I'll get on a bus and not sit down and never touch anything. I keep my hands out just so I'm safe. You know, I can, I, I've got like my eyes on where I would grab if I need to. Right. So yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm going on record here. I'm a bus surfer. Um, I'm just picturing and, now, uh, sorry, Ryan to interject, but yeah. uh, do you, do you play like the beach boys? Uh, and then like, you remember the movie team wolf he's uh, riding on top of the, yeah, it's a little bit okay. like this. Yeah, yeah, I'm just picturing that uh, right now. Sorry, uh, please. Continue. It was more like more like no effects and fat records. It was more. Yeah, okay. okay. But <laughs> um, I was on a bus coming from city center down here. And uh, I had transferred. And when I got on the bus, I didn't notice that it was a new bus. And you should they actually they're like the interiors, like they smell new. They're, they're nice. And holy crap. I mean, he sent me to the back of the bus. He just, he just did stomped you, on it. It's just like, bam, they're gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they they break equally hard. You cannot you cannot surf on on e buses. So warning to any listeners: don't do it. Don't bus surf on the e buses. And sounds like uh, this is your Everest right here. Like you, <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a challenge. <laughs> like you know, the gauntlet <laughs> is throwing. Can you handle? If you could surf the the e bus, you are officially, uh, you know, yeah. So I'm picturing like not only for people with disabilities getting on these buses, um, right? The they got to make sure they're strapped in well. I mean, you also notice on those buses uh, if you haven't taken one, uh, consider when you see the next time you're on one, you'll probably notice. Uh, you know, like sometimes you're on the bus and there's seats that are open, but everybody's standing anyway. Like a lot of people are standing because you know they're getting off soon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those buses are real sit down. Because oh, it's just that annoying. Yeah. 
Yeah, like you're holding you like the you know the straps, like rag doll. Yeah, yeah. If you're holding like the flexible straps, uh, it's yeah. You're just you're getting like a, a shoulder workout. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I do but know what you're saying. Though, to make fun of the e buses. E buses are cool. It's good. Uh, it's probably good it. for the yeah. environment. I don't know how that works, but but also I mean, Jack, you, you, you are plug in USBs on them, which is nice. Like, like so charge your phone on it. Buses here just aren't going to stop. They don't want to to take the time a lot of times, like you were yeah, saying. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I've heard stories. I haven't seen it. Have I? I, I? Maybe I've seen it actually once in the past, or I've definitely heard stories of people like, you know, handicapped people wanting to get on. And it, it's the one handicapped bus that's coming through. And the bus driver's just like, oh, I'm full. And they just go past. I mean, I can't imagine like how it would work unless like unless you could just like flop the side down scoop the person up flip the thing again i mean it would take it would be so dangerous like to get it down to even the amount of time that it normally takes people to get on the bus like it just I remember when i was back in back in the states back in uni like we had you know handicap accessible buses in in flagstaff arizona you know like in the early 2000s and when i was on and when they would have to pick up a, a wheelchair rider it, it takes time you know yeah. like it wasn't a problem for me I'm, I'm going to campus but they would like you know they'd have to stop lower the lower the hydraulics get the little ramp to go out then the person would wheel on then the, the bus driver would have to like you know lock them in so that they aren't yeah right the bus the driver physically gets up it physically right. gets up right. and actually like ensures the i mean it's the same thing in chicago i mean when i was there the bus driver gets out of the seat and actually ensures that right. everything is I right, can right. actually say with with I, I think uh, I can I could confidently say that I've never seen that happen here. I don't think I've ever experienced it. I don't think I've ever been on a bus when they picked up a, a disabled person. Could, could you guys ha have you? Yeah, I think maybe once think or twice. Okay. Again, 13 years of being in Korea. Yeah, I've been think, here 20 years and I, yeah, I can't one remember. One of the things I think that the that the disabled group here wants is not just, although they do definitely do want wheelchair accessible like buses and subways and things like that, but there's also like, uh, like taxi services and things like that are very lacking from what I've seen as well in Korea. Like other options for handicapped people to get around. I saw somebody commenting in one thread on, on this topic about how um, they can be sitting on their phone. Like there, there is an app for like handicapped accessible, you know, taxis and, and things like that. And someone was saying how they can be on their app for a couple of hours trying to get a cab and it just fails again and again. And again, right. and again. Nobody wants to. Uh... Well, I mean, well, I no, it's this... not so much that nobody wants to Jack. It's or because that's enough. like normal. Like this is a specific taxi just for like wheelchair users. So the taxi drivers are happy to pick them up. There just aren't enough of them. Oh, uh, so it's basically. one of those things where the, the city or, or whatever can say, right, we've got, we've got this service, look how, you know, right, look how woke very we are. Effective. And, yeah, but actually, um, we've only got, there's like a dearth and of so, them. And yeah. right, so that's, that's in the city. But then another thing I saw in another comment is people were saying, like, yeah, it's cool that like the, the sole buses are starting to become, you know, more accessible. But the intercity buses, Jack, you take intercity buses from time to time, right? Because I mean, yeah, you live yeah. out of the city. Yeah. Those have, have you ever seen an intercity bus that's not a step bus? Like always, you have to step there up. There is and no it, right? the, the every intercity bus think they exist. taken. There's no. I think there. I don't remember ever seeing a, a handicap accessible bus. Yeah. So let alone bus. not having like you know a bus that, regardless of how long it's going to take, like those buses don't even exist yet. So the intercity buses in Korea, those buses, the red buses. I'm having like a brain stall here. Do those buses even have a back door? No. Many of them don't. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of weird, right? They like have a there's a hammer. The they have a door. hammer with a window that so you have to knock the window out to get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like there's like yeah. when the bus stops, there's only one door you can get out. You have to go all the way to the front. In the US, are there any public buses that are like that? I mean, I'm sure like other what do you call like coach buses or whatever. Maybe they're designed. I mean, this way. maybe Greyhound does like, but right. Greyhound has but to have different. a Greyhound has a, a handicap accessible uh, accessibility, right? God, I would think so. I would imagine, but I honestly don't know. Yeah, I'm just thinking like the, air, the airport express bus time. or whatever. I can't imagine getting a wheelchair on that. That's not possible, right? I mean, the only right. way you could do the inner city bus would be you'd have to if if let's say someone is uh, can't walk. You'd have to have some two people carry them up the stairs, which is already narrow. Mm -hmm. They'd have to sit in the very front row. They'd have to put the wheelchair. Right, so it's impossible. The, so yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd be okay if you have like SEAL Team Six to you know lift them up <laughs> and put them into uh, you know the seat. Right. But 
I don't see how a person alone, I mean, I guess I, I, maybe you could, they, they could have employees that would help the person on at the, at the uh, station. But once you get to the, uh, the destination, you're kind of on your own to like get off the bus and the only person that can help you. Right. Is the, so this yeah. is the thing, like, even, even if it's starting, they're starting to get it in, in Seoul, but like all of, you know, Gyeonggi and all of those, like, it's just a completely impossible. There is no handicap accessibility mm -hmm. outside at all for Seoul. The other thing that I was thinking of a lot, and this is this is a different because so far what we've been talking about, you know, like getting buses that work, getting, um, you know, subways with elevators and, you know, getting it close enough so that there's no gap so that the, the wheelchairs can go over all of that. That's government logistical problems generally mm -hmm. that I think can be solved with money more or exactly. less. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but going back to what kind of what you were saying earlier about like, you know, imagine rush hour. I can't imagine like, um, so um, imagine now that we've got, you, you've taken the buses at rush hour, right? What's it like? It's a sardine can. Oh, yeah. Right? You're, you're, you're crammed in. What I can't imagine is imagine you're on one of those buses and imagine it's a handicapped accessible bus. Imagine that the, the driver is willing to stop or they have rules. They have to stop, you know, like whatever it is. That bus is completely packed with people. There's no room for the, the handicapped, the, the wheelchair person to get on the bus. What's going to happen? Right. Yeah, and this well, is something I just don't know how they would solve. All that, those people are just going to get out of the way. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at. Uh, off. Right. I just wanted to look and see, like, because the I'm still thinking about the airport express buses, because that's a pretty essential um, bus, right? It gets to the airport. I mean, how do you get to the airport if you're in a wheelchair? It's you know, not like how do I get to the ca the cafe, but you know. Airport. I actually saw a sign, Ryan, at the, the, the one of the stops that I get on that the wheelchair or that the, not the wheelchair, the airport buses are not in service right now because COVID. Like there just weren't enough people going to the airport, so they just turned far off. So I'm no. not sure if they're back or not, actually. But okay, maybe yeah, maybe it's not as essential either. Um, but I just wanted to see because I couldn't remember. I'm thinking to myself, you know, it has like kind of like the almost like bucket seats on it, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Um, you know, armrests and stuff and the way I just wanted to see like how you would actually do it. I found an image where you could see the door opening. Okay, it's a very narrow door in the first place. Um, but there's a jump seat that's right there at the stairs that folds down. Oh, so yeah, yeah, that's right. Theoretically, that's right. You, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, so you could have like, I could, you could, I could picture, I think maybe I've seen this, like some, maybe, maybe not somebody that's in a, a wheelchair necessarily, but somebody, or maybe just somebody with limited mobility. Um, an older person, perhaps that instead of, you know, going all the way back to a seat, um, the driver comes down and like helps them to get up into that chair. But still looking at it, there's no um, the angle of the photo you can actually see um, below the stairs, mm -hmm. like going into the bus. There's nothing that drops out. There's no I mean, it's, it doesn't look like the, the only way you any, could uh, uh, elevator. You, you'd have to have somebody lift up the wheelchair to put it there. You could flip the jump seat up and put the wheelchair right. there, but you'd still need, you still need bodies to, to lift it up. And, and right. if it's, a, right. if it's motorized, I mean, those are heavy, right? I mean, they you can't just. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it had like the kneeling mechanism or like the, uh, the elevator in it. I mean, by the looks yeah. of the picture, I couldn't imagine where they, how that would be packed under that. The wheel even, there. even some of those like electric uh, wheelchairs are, are quite heavy, I imagine. So it's not like they're not like something you could just pick up and. and right. Well, I mean, picking up isn't even an option. Like it needs yeah. to be. Yeah. You need to be able to roll right off. And, yeah. Yeah. Without falling over. I mean, even the curbs, some of the curbs, like I'm really shocked by how high the curbs are. Like I've, I've uh, you know, yeah. it's just you, you, it could be very dangerous. So that's something that Korea still has has some ways to go. We'll see what happens with these protests and, and if there's any changes made. I mean, the next administration is coming up. So let's see if they do anything. It, although something that I did see in the comments, and I don't want to get too political here. It's something that's interesting is that the last administration didn't do much for this either. Um, so we'll see what what happens um, with that. It's it's not much progress has been made in the past few years. And now we've got a new administration. So we'll see if there's anything connected. Speaking of upcoming governments, I, I actually saw another quick article uh, here about that. The because if I'm not sure how much you've seen about uh, Yoon Suk Yeol, like he's he's going to be pretty, he's very pro America, anti Chinese um, when it comes to stuff, and he's actually the, the I saw an article saying that the the his government is planning to strengthen regulation to prevent Chinese nationals from mass purchasing property in Korea. Oh, really? Well, I, I um, saw that the approval rating for America went up to 59% in Korea. 
Which, I've seen that. Yeah, but, I don't know what that means exactly, but at least, yeah, majority are content with yeah. the, the direction. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's one thing that that was a big difference between the two candidates is their their stances on America versus versus China. And, and Yoon is is very pro-America, not so happy on, on, on China. But strengthening regulations on Chinese nationals, I mean, just any foreign nationals, I don't think it needs to necessarily be Chinese. Um, of course, but buying property, because that's actually one thing I, I haven't seen the number. I'd have to look it up again. Foreigners, but I mean, it just ha- tends to be Chinese people, especially here in Korea, because we're so close, are coming in and just buying property en masse. I think mm-hmm. I heard a, a statistic a few years ago already that something like 50% of Jeju Island is owned by foreigners. And a large percentage of that is is Chinese nationals that are owning it. So like like Jeju Island is is barely even Korean territory anymore based on on property ownership so i mean you guys were talking about property we had that you know topic in the past this will be an interesting one about like buying land because like you own well you own a building jack but is that in your name is it, it, it do you own no it? no no i don't own it? it it's in my wife's name yeah it's um, uh yeah our our properties are are in her name uh, yep. This is something I'm I'm interested to know. About. I mean, this is something that's just you know globally it's an issue. Property taxes are just or property prices are going up so so much, and it's, a lot of it is because of foreigners, foreign investments coming in. But I know some countries make it very very difficult for foreigners to buy property, and some make it very very easy, um, or at least possible. I know I had a friend in Thailand a few years ago who had a house there, but he didn't own it the only way to like buy property in in thailand for example is basically to find like a thai investor and it has to be someone that you trust of course because you're basically buying like they buy it for you mm-hmm. and so that, that's very so you don't own it they don't want foreigners to come I, in and buy i knew property. a lawyer that worked there and he said they've, they've got some there are some schemes where you can oh sure yeah they, they've got certain situations but i think in thailand you can only you can only get it for like 99 years or something there's there's some oh, kind I, of limit on how long you can own it so you could own it for your the extent of your life, but if you pass it on to the next generation, eventually it it becomes Thai property again, and so or government property. So you can't necessarily buy it. Yeah, didn't uh, New Zealand? New Zealand just was that uh, two years ago now? Um, maybe not that long. Oh, yeah, I'm not they, sure. Yeah, they they like they passed some legislation. I think it was it was I recall it was very extreme. Something like like foreigners cannot buy land anymore mm-hmm. just like the end um, because it was, it's just jacking up prices yeah because the properties had gotten just so expensive and there's a lot of americans buying up new zealand i think is what it was a lot of a lot of like um, it was a kind of a popular like billionaire tech you know thing is to because i think there was like if in the case of like a nuclear war or something like New Zealand is one of the only places where it may be livable that like so it's kind of a it's almost like a, it, it's like the rich rich persons the billionaires version of the uh underground bomb shelter bomb shelter yeah, thank you yeah um yeah I mean there's a lot there's a lot of ways to to look at that situation I know um years ago uh like 2000 or something i was in uh lombok island next to bali um any uh surfers out there will know that one and um this is way back there wasn't like the novatel wasn't built yet uh it was mm-hmm. not much for infrastructure uh you know electricity for you know just a few hours every day in most little villages and stuff and so it's just you know a handful of like Australians that are there surfing and uh, I mean it's not not a lot of like entertainment or anything like this on the top of this one bluff there was a um, really kind of cool I don't want to waste a bunch of time describing the architecture um, using like the materials that are right there so like the walls are made out of like rocks so, like uh, you know pressed together it's um, someone's overly indulged um treehouse kind of looking place mm-hmm. it was it was really nicely done gorgeous view uh and the owners was a couple from switzerland and they made like the best coconut smoothies you ever had <laughs> uh and 
so that was like the one place you could go and just hang out because there's like no other place to lounge except to go to the beach and you know so we would take our scooters up there and uh hang out in the evening and i talked to one of the owners and she was they explained to me i asked like how'd you do this how'd you build this and she explained to me that uh quite frankly we don't own the land we don't have like it's basically we just decided to build this and the locals here they just like whoever's the authority in that that uh village they just tolerate it they're like at any point they could just rug pull and i said that's wow. crazy why would you why would you do this you know yeah. it sounds so dangerous why would you not own your property and they're like they wouldn't allow it um but uh, we were allowed to do this so I mean, that's a pretty extreme different example than what we have, you know, in Korea or New Zealand with, you know, strict laws for this or that and, and whatever, but there's a lot of different ways to go about. Um, I mean, they're squatting basically. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a possibility in some parts of Asia as well. That's a, that sounds a scary because I can just imagine once Lombok gets bigger and bigger and bigger, once the money is, is worth it for the locals to start building there, it's going to be worth it for them to take that property back. As yeah. Well, well Fun fact, I went back there on another trip mm. uh, around 2012 and uh, I went up there and the place, you know, now there's like electricity everywhere, you know, mm. um, it's so the interior was much nicer. The owners were nowhere to be seen. Mm. Um, so I don't know, maybe they maybe they were able to finally buy the property and they actually like, you know, staffed it and. Um, or maybe they were able to sell it, but I don't, I don't know. Or maybe they just got it stolen. I did see in, in this article going back the, the, um, cause I mean, this, this is the thing that like so many places around the world are just being bought up by, by foreigners, New Zealand, somebody in the comments on, on this one was talking about how like New Zealand did, did a blanket ban on all foreigners. So this one is the, the Korean one is specifically focused on Chinese nationals. It looks like. But the, the Korean one is a blanket ban on all foreigners. And somebody in the, the comments was like, oh, it's made it so much better for buying property in Korea, sarcastically, like, or in, in New Zealand. Like, it hasn't actually helped prices very much there yet. But in Korea, according to the article, um, of all the um, uh, ap apartment purchases in 2019 or last year, maybe, 60% um, of all foreign transactions were Chinese buyers in Korea. Which is why I think this art, this law is specifically focused on, on Chinese. But I, I, I remember talking to uh, talking to a business professor a while back at our university. This is like probably ten years ago, and he's like, you know what though? Like China was our trading partner for thousands of years. It's only in the last like hundred years that we've been that we that they switched, or even less than that, to you know trading with the U.S. So or, or just the West in general. Um, but they have such a longer history of, of, try, of trading with, with China. And I had never really thought about it in, that, in those terms, you know? This is different from trade versus, versus foreign nationals coming in and buying the property. Yeah, but I mean, it's the same, it's the same thing. It's like, where, you're going to put your money where the value is, right? So for example, like Manhattan has tons of, uh, just there's thousands of empty apartments there in a city where they have mm -hmm. big homelessness problem, right? Um, so you've, you know, you'd think in rationally, it's like, oh, you've got all these, but these apartments sit empty because they're worth, because that real estate in Manhattan is just so, is just, it's gold. You know what I mean? So you're just yeah, buying. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a place that what they're doing is they're parking cash, right? Exactly. And so they're parking yeah. cash here too. And so, because the real estate market, it's where everyone talks about the bubble is going to burst. Like every teacher that comes here. It's like, oh, your real estate. Okay. So, but it never does. You know what I mean? Like it's been, I've been hearing that for 20 years. I've lived here. It's like prices just keep get ratcheting up and up and up and up, but they never, ever, it never pops, you know? And so in, in like a, a kind of, a, um, you know, when, when everything is unknown and, and, and things are so unsure, I, I think it'd be pretty rational to, to dump your money into an apartment in Seoul. It's just, you know what I mean? Just let yeah. it sit there and just, you know, like, uh, or, well, that, or rent it that's to somebody. Actually, like Chun that's one of the reasons that actually the Moon Jae-in administration was so unpopular now at the end is because, you know, like apartment prices, we've talked about this a little bit, you know, like a while back, are just inaccessible for young people to buy here. 
And during the Moon administration, apartment prices didn't just go up. They went up like mm-hmm. proper, mm-hmm. proper big. Um, he basically didn't do anything to help even stabilize the, the increase in apartment prices. So if you bought property at the beginning of the Moon administration, you made a ton, like just just in the last few years. Um, and yeah. And the so, irony is like he was because when you nibble around the edges, I don't th- you know what I mean? Like they do this thing and then something else happens and you got to fix that and it causes another problem. And it's just like, I don't think they ever really, I don't, I, I guess I'm not like knowledgeable enough to, to really understand what's at the, the heart of the, of the issue. Like I, I don't quite grasp all of the moving pieces or whatever, but uh, I think there's a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, but I think to just like target Chinese people is, is a mistake, right? It's like, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, we're not going to let this people from this country buy property. Everybody else can park their cash here. I think you, you have to kind of go, see, like, I, we're not going to allow any foreign investments. All, yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. Although when you do mm-hmm. look at the fact that 60% of all foreign investment in Korea is from one country, is, is yeah. they're trying to slow that jump. But I, yeah, but I they're so close to, you. we're so close to China too, though. So it kind of makes sense, right? It's like you buy the nearest nearest place where you can i would like like although you're absolutely correct i would love to see the statistics because from a a lot of things that i've seen on on the news that vancouver has a very high percentage of um chinese nationals moving in and buying property there as well and that's not so close of course that's the 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 manhattan seoul situation i would it's the same dynamic right it's just like it's a a place where the land is the property is gold you know, it just keeps yeah, and it's impossible now for like Vancouver for people living in Vancouver to buy property because it's all being bought up by by foreign nationals. Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen online, it tends to be a large percentage Chinese, but I don't have the statistics. I think I think Vancouver's leaned into that. Um, maybe not so much anymore, but when I was there, um, street signs will be in Chinese. Yeah, you, know, you they. I, I feel like at least at some point in time they were leaning into it. It wasn't like, Hey, mm-hmm. this is happening. We're not noticing. I think it, it was like desired, at least it's the way it looks to me. But I mean, that's again impression. Um, yeah. I think you're right. I think, it, I think, especially if you're, if you were selling a place or something like that, you know what I mean? Like you're happy to, I, I, you don't care who buys it as long as you get, mm-hmm. you know, good price for it. Um, yeah. But I think th- these were like public signs. Like, Oh yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like there's, there's a whole area. There's uh, my, my wife told me she, uh, she went to school in in uh, british columbia a uh, long time ago and uh she was kind of out in the uh in the sticks like 12 hours away from Va- vancouver and when she took a bus back to vancouver there's like a street that basically looks like korea like there's pc bong and all the all the signs were there and that signage was she just found it all the neon was just so moving to her it, was, it actually made her emotional oh. because it was like coming home yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is, it had, they have created a, a kind of a, their own, you know, space there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll I mean, see if anything happens there in Korea with, if they, they clamp down on that a little bit. I think Jeju, from what I, I, I really do think that they should try and bring Jeju back a little bit more because Jeju is, is a large percentage owned. I have some friends that live down in Jeju and they, they complain about how it's like property isn't even owned by Korean people anymore. Like a majority of the island, I think, is not owned by You know who I feel sorry Koreans. for in that situation? I feel sorry for the people that were that are generationally from Jeju. The same way mm. I feel sorry for like Hawaiians. Their, their family generations go back in Hawaii uh, several, you know, 100 years or 200 years or whatever. And now they're getting priced out because people from all over the world, everybody wants, you know, if you're wealthy, you got to have a condo in Maui, you know? Mm. And so I feel like Jeju is the same thing, right? It's just these big giant, you know, structures where people are just buying condos for, I don't know, half a mil, a pop or a million, a pop or whatever. And they're making tons of cash. And it's just going to turn into a Hawaii situation where you're going to kind of squeeze out the, the people that are from Jeju and it'll just become a, mm. you know, it'll just become Maui. You know what I mean? Like a little, little Hawaii. As long as I can still get my cure. But I don't think we solved any problems today. <laughs> no, we're not fixing anything. Let's see. Uh, well, we're kind of, we're kind of complaining too much. I don't know. This isn't our MO. Like we kind of came down on like the transit system. Um, yeah. Coming down on, on a, you know, property <laughs> purchasing. Capitalism, uh, yeah, we're getting, we're getting grumpy. This is this isn't good. Um, we, we had some some bright some bright corners. I I think I think the takeaway from the 
from the first half talking about um, accessibility, even though we're, we're talking about some of the things that are, you know, not as progressive as the state's um, I think the general takeaway though, is that it has changed. It has changed a lot. It is getting better and protests like this, they're a good thing. And, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll cause even more change. And I think like so, the yeah, change it's, in, it's in the U S is incremental. It's, it's so, so slow, but I've, I feel like in Korea, the possibility is it's for a much, a much in a much shorter time period. Yeah. To... <laughs> yeah. If, if they decide to do something, it's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. There's not like, there's not going to be, you know, 1500 meetings about the meetings and they're just going to do it because they're like, okay, we, we need to do it. So, yeah, I think that's, that is one positive takeaway. Um, at least from my experience living here. All right. Uh, so we progress being made progress being made and we'll leave it there. Uh, try to leave. That was, uh, a little a, a nice attempt to try to put a, a positive you know spin on top of uh our i do what i can yeah yeah <laughs> our grumpy conversation but uh uh thanks a lot uh everybody for uh for joining us today on the patch um you know where to find us you go to the soulpatch.com it's our one-stop shop for everything soul patch you've got all the episodes right there uh you're able to stream them you can uh, send us an email at podcast at thesoulpatch.com if you want to uh, be on the show if you want to be a guest uh we're looking we'd, we'd love to talk to people new people um with any connection to korea we're always interested in uh the conversations so um hit us up and uh we'll get back to you uh quickly so uh with that said we'll catch you next week on the patch thanks everybody bye-bye good week all right see ya i'd like to pay a couple respects to the people that made me what i am today this all my love this all my love the quiet man this all my love this all my love the dopamine this all my love this all my love this all my love the brain this all my love this all my love hey bobby let the bass go Call me a phenomenon.